Hello, welcome back to another episode of Off Screen on Film. As always, it's Israel joined by Alone, and today Hello. we will be talking about. Sorry about that, Alone. You can introduce yourself again. That's okay. You got. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we'll be talking about Phantom Thread today, a 2017 film by Paul Thomas Anderson. Before that, we're just gonna talk about um, some happenings with the podcast. So, um, for some people that may have seen it i've i'm alone and maybe from elsewhere you've seen it we've been sending around a little survey to kind of understand what movies people want to see or what topics people want to talk about and so far we've had some good responses we're going to keep the survey open a little bit longer um and i'll, I'll put the link in the description below and I'm, I'm sure i'll blast it out on social media again but just just wanted alone hasn't heard any of these results yet so i wanted to highlight some that i thought were interesting so one person wrote the yeah. 50, what some people, you know, they wrote some jokes when they filmed it in. So like one person, one of my friends put like the 50 shades movies, I guess they really want off screen on BDSM, but I, I don't think that's uh, going to happen for a bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not against it. We, we are, we are known Dakota Johnson lovers. So, you know, yes, yeah, right. um, but, and, uh, and, and Jamie Dornan, right. From, because we both like, uh, that's true. We do like Jamie Dornan. He is in Belfast. In Belfast. Yeah. You know, yeah. You're kind of talking me into the idea, but I'm not uh, against it. <laughs> I always say to you, I'm open to anything. Why should that be any different on a more slightly more serious note? Someone wrote showgirls. I think that could be interesting. I feel like Pinnacles <laughs> oh would be God. good for that episode. <laughs> I feel like Pinnacles would be a good fit. Um, Lord of the Rings could be interesting, you know. Some people wrote some classic answers, but um, I actually would be down. For, I'd be down I would be for down that. for a, a Lord of the yeah. Rings like extended version because I've never seen the extended yeah. versions. I, um, I would, I would, yeah, that could be interesting actually. So, someone wrote Boiler Room, and then someone else uh, obviously wrote Wolf <laughs> of Wall Street, and I thought maybe a financial crimes double feature episode, not necessarily those movies, yeah, but cool. fin- financial crimes like stock related scheme double feature could be interesting. Um, let me think what else. Like that were interesting answers. Gremlins, I thought was a good answer. Um, Gremlins into, into the blue, oh which would be, I think, another into the blue. What's that? Yeah, it's like a bad. Like I think I don't remember who's in it. Jessica <laughs> Alba or one of these movies. One of those. Oh movies. yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I feel like we haven't. Yeah, it's Jessica Alba and Paul Walker. I feel like we yeah, haven't yeah. done really any bad movies, and those could be fun to talk about too. Don's someone wrote Don's Plum, which I had to look up. It's like a. It's a Leonardo DiCaprio, like, smaller movie from earlier in his career. Um, or oh, like cool. Slight, not, like, super early in his career. I think it came out, like, 2000. Let me double check that. Yeah, 2001. It's a smaller movie. Um, cool. But that could be interesting. Uh, let me see if there are any others that I thought were. Someone did Three Ninjas. That's funny. Um, Nightcrawler, good movie. Have you ever seen Popstar Never Stop Stopping? The Lonely Island movie? No. No, very funny movie. Seen that. Um, and then in terms of topics, you know that some people wrote again. Some people wrote like joke ones. So someone wrote like Lush and Hara or dating advice, things like that. Which um, I'm not necessarily the right guy for either of those things. But some people wrote some things were interesting. You know, like um, uh, American political thrillers. They'd want to hear us discussing that. Um, overrated films controversial films relative to era or future gems all those are pretty i thought the controversial okay. films re- relative to era could be interesting um this one okay. made me this one made me kind of um do some self-introspection it was like i don't know you tell me what do you feel you're an 
air quotes expert in teach people what you can teach best and i sat there looking at that for a couple minutes like what am i an expert in i still haven't landed on the answer um yeah some people you know i was talking to some people today in shul actually um we're recording on saturday night and they were saying how they they'd be interested in episodes that were more like about a person's career so we sort of did that with christopher nolan but maybe we, we could thought do those. yeah we could do this with actors i like that i think that could be interesting. yeah i like I like when we veered into that, which we which we've done, you know, both in title and not in title, right? Like we, we yeah. have tried to do that a little bit and I enjoy when we do that, when we kinda go off script. Right? Off script, yeah. And I off think screen on film off script. Yes, I think so. I, I think today we're gonna have a little bit of that as well, yeah, talking about so Paul too. Thomas Anderson. <laughs> I think so too. Um, <laughs> but so just interesting stuff. I love the responses people had, and I'm going to keep it open. We'll have some more responses. In terms of yeah, what episode great. we're doing next week, we're going to be doing um, The Emperor's New Groove, as, as selected by Alone. Um, I'm excited yeah. to rewatch it. I have not seen it in a long time. I know my friends are very fond of it. I know that, uh, I, I mean, I was fond of it growing up, so I'm excited to to kind of jump back in. So without further ado, though, let's get into today's episode. Um Let's talk a little bit about Phantom Thread. Phantom Thread, 2017 movie starring Daniel Day-Lewis. Um, the female lead, I, I want to give her respect because even though I hadn't heard of her beforehand, I, th- I think she did a, j- a good job. Her name is Vicky Krieps, something like that. I don't know how you pronounce it. Leslie Manville. Le- Leslie Manville plays a supporting role. You said Vicky Creeps? I don't know. I'm just I'm just guessing. Okay. That's how so, it's spelled, right? Yeah, it's C R I E P S. Sort of. A C R I E P S, yeah. Um K R I E P S, yeah. Yeah. It's with a K or a C? K. Oh, I had it with a C for some reason. That's weird. Um I, I'm in my notes. Um Daniel Day Lewis, of course. Um one of I guess the most acclaimed actors of all time, probably considered yeah. in in many respects like the best actor of all time. I, he's not the most famous actor of all time, but I think in many respects he'd be considered at least in, of the modern era the most like uh, heralded actor. Um, this is the second time he's he was featured in a film with Paul Thomas Anderson, um, and both both times he was critically acclaimed. This movie was nominated for a lot of Oscars: uh, Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actress, Best Costume Design, and Best Original Score. Um, so it really yeah. was nominated for it's, a lot. It's a force, yeah. And it only won one. It only won best costume design, which I think is deserved. And we'll, we can discuss maybe what what it should have won versus what it did win. Um, I think that could be interesting to kind of take a look back. That's the, a good, yeah. The, that... the, the 90th Academy Awards, but let's mm-hmm. continue on this this path though for the movie. The movie um, was not a big financial hit, but big critical hit. Um, and I kind of. It's funny because in my mind, I think of it as a recent movie, but it's almost seven years old at this point. So it's just I one feel, I hadn't I seen. I feel the same. It's one I hadn't seen, but it's, it's good, been on my radar good, for a while. Yeah. No, sorry. I, I agree. No, it's a good, that's a good, uh, that's a good call. I also felt that way. I'm like, yeah, this just came out, right? But like, yeah, it really came out like it's seven years ago. So it's a long yeah, time. I, I, I was thinking kind of that also. Um, He's released that, a that whole. Because there. I remember when it came out, and you know it yeah. doesn't feel that long ago. But and he's, it's like he's released a whole other movie since then. Um, you know, Licorice yeah. Pizza. It's not even like his most yeah. recent movie. So it's the whole thing is very interesting. Um, I hadn't really known anyone who had seen it besides my mother, 
who had like watched yeah. it like three times. Yeah. Like she had watched it a bunch of times. I think it must have had an HBO run when she was just like compulsively like rewatching it for a little bit. She's seen the movie three times, she said. Um yeah. and so I I remember at the time she watched it a bunch. And I never really thought much of it at the time. I wasn't 2017. I really wasn't watching movies as much. I was mu- I still like movies, but I was much more into TV. Um, so it's 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 nice that we finally took a, a step back on it to see it. And are you mm-hmm. a Paul Thomas Anderson fan? I know some movies of yeah. his you like, but would you say overall you are? Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm just looking at his filmography here. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to share us his filmography? Yeah. I'm gonna run home? I'm gonna run through it quickly. Uh so we have Heart Eight in nineteen ninety-six, Boogie Nights in nineteen ninety-seven, Magnolia in nineteen ninety-nine, Punch Drunk Love in two thousand and two, There Will Be Blood in two thousand seven, The Master in two thousand twelve, Inherent Vice in two thousand fourteen. We have this Phantom Thread in 2017 and then we have licorice pizza which was in 2021 so to answer your question yeah i'm a fan i i i'm like uh i wouldn't say i'm i've seen all of his movies except for heart eight and inherent vice um so i've seen all of them except for heart eight inherent vice and the master and i haven't seen his documentary tune in i'm not counting that i didn't even pull it was yeah i didn't even mention that one but um I kind of, I actually, this wasn't the full filmography list, I don't think. It was more the feature. Actually, films. no, it was. It was all his movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Except for, except for, how do you pronounce it? Junoon? I don't know. I've never heard of it till right this second. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, There Will Be Blood is one of my favorite movies, mm-hmm. um, which I also only saw recently. I actually saw it when I was, um, when I flew in to New York for Pinchas' wedding. Okay, so like two um, years. I, I ago. watched it on yeah. I watched it on the plane, hmm. and then I literally got to where I was staying in the Five Towns, and I watched it again. <laughs> and I went to sleep. I That's watched it on the plane. I'm like, I, I just need to watch this again. I, this <laughs> I need That's, to see this again. Here. That's a, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. That's a great so story. Yeah, I watched it like twice in like seven hours, eight hours. <laughs> that's that's incredible. That's that. <laughs> that's commitment. But. Yeah, I like him. I like Paul Thomas Anderson. I mean, I think Punch Drunk Love is good. I've always said Magnolia is probably the most overrated movie of all time. So it's I'll throw that out I don't, there. I, I, we've discussed this briefly. I like Magnolia. I don't. Yeah. Is there like a Magnolia Hive that's like rating the movie highly? Yes. Yes. We might. We yes. might have to do a Magnolia <laughs> episode. There might have to be. I'm down to do it so I can air my to. grievances. Okay. I, I'm. Actually, you know what? We should put that on the list for the near future. Well, you know, while this is still yeah. in mind. Um, well, because I, I think his he almost has like two or three different like careers kind of. And I'll give you my pitch for his different careers and yeah. movies. And he kind of yeah. jumps back into it with Licorice Pizza. Hard Eight, I don't know much about of it, so I won't really speak to it. But Boogie Nights and Magnolia are kind of like his ensemble Robert Altman slash Martin Scorsese movies. Yeah. Where it's like a lot going on. I don't know if you're familiar with Robert Altman movies. I, I think you've said you've seen The Player. Not really. Like the yeah. Movie, the Player is an I'm... example. But um, I haven't seen many Robert Altman movies. But I understand his style from reading and like like learning about it. Where he kind of has yeah. lots of different characters, and in the scene, like one, you'll just start to follow. Like a random character will show up on screen, and then all of a sudden, that'll be the character you're following. And while Boogie Nights obviously focuses on one character. Um, Dirk Diggler, 
played by Mark Wahlberg, mm -hmm. it does move around to all the side characters. And then Magnolia is even more disjointed where it really yeah. is about all those other characters. Yeah. Um, and Licorice Pizza, oh. while it focuses on one character, is more kind of like a slice of life, like like here's this kind of story versus like a, and like more of like a vibes movie almost than some of his other movies. So that, that's my pitch for those kind of being grouped together, Magnolia, Boogie Nights, and Licorice Pizza. Um, yeah. I would then put Punch Drunk Love in its own little thing a little bit. I have to I have to think about that. But There Will Be Blood, yeah. The Master, and Phantom yeah. Thread are all kind of like in his ser quote-unquote serious movies in terms yeah. of their tone. But, and, and we'll talk about this, I've, ne I've never seen The Master, but There Will Be Blood and this yeah. movie are both very funny. So that's, I was, well, before we continue on that, I want to touch on what you just said about the different categories of his movies so to me i actually see it as two i would put mm -hmm. bookie nights magnolia licorice pizza and punch drunk love in that first category okay because i see those as more he he's a he's a valley guy he's a valley yeah. kid right he grew up in the valley in la he shoots la really well you know i'm not trying to i'm not trying to sound uh like snobby by saying that i don't know anything about directing or cinematography but i really like the way la is presented specifically the valley in his movies mm -hmm. and all four of those movies that i mentioned all take place in the valley mm -hmm. they all kind of capture like an la vibe to them mm -hmm. um whereas the other ones i agree it's there will be blood of the ones that you and i have seen I've seen The Master, but There Will Be Blood, The Master, and Phantom Thread kind of all fit into their own. Those three are in their own category of, like you would say, serious. Uh, I don't even know how to. They're more to like describe them. Like they're more thematically serious, is how I would put it. Like they're more like like about yeah, oh, for sure. Even though Although Boogie Nights sure. like talks about like heavy topics, the whole thing is presented in a much more yeah, comedic yeah. way. While this is presented more like dramatically. Is how I'd put it. These are more yes. like dramas that like tilt into the other categories, but like at their core, they're dramas. While the yes, other yes. ones are a little bit different. I inherent vice, I've seen a little bit of all I've ever heard of is it's like the I'm most sure. incomprehensible movie ever. I don't really know how to classify that, but but it but it got good, it's well received. It's not like it's uh I, I think the Paul Thomas Anderson Hive rolls very deep. So like yeah. Licorice Pizza was well received too. Did you like Licorice Pizza? I might Pizza? be part of it. I might be part of the. Yeah, I do like Licorice Pizza and I like Punch Trunk Love. I, I, and I Boogie like Nights is okay. I like all the movies of his I've seen except for Licorice <laughs> Pizza, to... which, like, now the I most, will say, yeah. my friend, going into the movie, my friend pointed out something to me that I could not unfocus mm -hmm. on. So in the movie, the main, in that in which movie, movie, in Licorice Pizza, in Licorice Pizza yeah. the main character is like romantically interested in a girl who's older than him, which doesn't yeah. seem that weird because, like, you think like from the trailers, it's like, oh, he's 16 and she's like 19 or something like, which is like legal, not legal. I don't know the rules of California, yeah. but like, no, he's like 15 or 16. She's like 25. And like, is that no, what I don't really remember. Yeah, is that no what one it was? In the movie, now, maybe it's meant to be a little bit unclear. Maybe she might be lying about her age. There's some speculation of that. But taking it at face value, that whole thing just felt too weird. And like the movie didn't have any of like the the things I like about Boogie Nights and Magnolia kind of just felt like... I think he was... I, I think... I, I don't really remember it that well, but it seems like he was trying to make it more of a personal movie. Mm -hmm. You know, this is where I grew up in this era, in this decade, you know, this is what it was like kind of thing. So, uh, you know, it's... I would say it's maybe... I'm sure he would agree that it's probably his most personal movie, right? 
I, I um, I'm not saying I'm not saying that that's what happened to him in his you know that that specific plot of the movies what right. happened, but it's just in terms of the setting and the tone. Um, yeah. but it's okay. You know what? It's an okay movie. The Master is interesting. I, I I don't know how I feel about it. Um, it's it's. It's okay. It's good. So you'd say There um, Will Be Blood is your favorite of his if you had to. Pick oh yeah. One? Well, There Will Be Blood is one of my favorite movies probably of all time, and that's saying a lot for a movie I just saw two years ago. Yeah, no, um, man, people love that movie. I yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, see, like I hate being so cliche and being like, yeah, I love There Will Be Blood, but like but I do. Sometimes, really. <laughs> sometimes you can't. You can't. It's like saying, like, yeah, it's like saying it's, Michael it's, Jordan's not good at basketball. Just to, to right, be different. Yeah, like he just, just is just incredible. Give, Right, you know? just give in and admit it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I, I wish I could claim so, I love like there will be blood like it's like so much. I saw yeah. it when I was in high school, and I just think that when you watch movies at that age, at least for yeah. me, I do not watch movies only on like a story basis. Now I watch movies as like a whole different continuum of experiences. There's the music and how it looks and how it makes me feel. When I was in high school, that while there's I'm sure some spectrum of that, it was much more limited. And I enjoyed the movie and it has a lot of like memeable moments and it's like very enjoyable, but it wasn't like one of these movies that I'm like, yeah, this movie's the best thing ever. So I kind of wish that like I could it's, watch it for the first time again, but I think I could just I just might have to rewatch it and re-experience it. I think it. you can rewatch it and you, and you would get more out of it. Like it's, I was I was surprised how much I liked it. Like I was I mean, as I said, I watched it on a plane and then when I got to where I was staying that night, I watched it again. So I was you know, and uh, and I probably knowing me, I probably watched it again a week later. I don't remember, but honestly, I need to rewatch Punch Drunk Love. I've only seen the whole thing once, and also years ago, and I I've liked also it. Only seen it. I, and like I liked it, it, but I like I want to kind of get back into it. Paul Thomas Anderson. Also, just to be noted, he writes his movies as well, so he's really and often yeah. produces them. So he really is like the full the full package, and I think yeah. he is considered. Although one of... I will say. There will be blood is based on a book, but yes, he did write yes. it. Yes, but based he on the book but a lot Royal of his, by Upton Sinclair. Yes, but a lot of his stories are original, which I love. We've yeah. talked, we've touched on this before yeah. in previous episode. Like, for example, this movie, right? It's just an original story that he incepted. So, in terms of word, right? my favorite, yeah, no, for sure. In terms of my yeah, favorite, so what's your, what's Paul your Thomas favorite? ones, yeah. it's hard to say because I think it's Magnolia for you because you like. No, him, it's right? not. It's Magno- it's hard. Magnolia is not my favorite, but I think in terms of what I'm interested in and like the style of it, it's Magnolia and Boogie Nights are closer to what I am interested stylistically for the most part. Like if I was writing movies and stories and things like that, like which I do, I guess not. I don't write movies, but I write things. You know, if I'm right, sitting down to write a screenplay, it'll much more yeah. likely resemble something like Magnolia or Boogie Nights or try to. I'm, when I say resemble, I mean. The best of my abilities, of course, not saying that I, I can write something as good as those things, but um, who knows? Maybe I can. Um, but while this movie, which can. which has Alone Believes, I appreciate Alone's belief, yeah, but, um, but Phantom Thread has, while it has tons of things that I love, I just don't think I have that in my bag. You know, like I don't have, I don't have that range. That being said, and I guess this will transition us right into our our spoiler free review of phantom thread i like phantom thread a lot and it like in some ways it might be the best of his movies that i've seen and i I, like i usually force you to say your opinion first so i'm gonna and like i'm already saying my opinion i love this movie this movie is two thumbs up like through the roof um it really has everything that 
is supposed to be in a good movie. It has good acting. It has like good writing. It has good music. It has, it looks good. It's, it feels good. The entire time I was watching the movie, like literally like two minutes into the movie, I had a smile on my face that went on the entire movie. And like, I don't know why exactly, because like for for most of this movie, there's not like, it doesn't have so many big flashy moments. It's just two hours of a very good movie. And like, that makes you an excellent movie. And like, yeah. All I could say is like, uh, while like in terms of topic, you might look at this movie and think I'm not interested in this topic or the description sounds weird. Like, no, give this movie a chance. Like, it's funny. I, it's like serious. Yeah. It's excellent. It's excellent. It's really one of the best movies I've seen in the past couple of years. I, I agree. I fully agree with everything you just said. Except I like There Will Be Blood better, but okay. Phantom Thread by, might be my second favorite of his. I I agree. It's an, it was excellent. It's really good. It was right? Excellent. Yeah, it was excellent. Were I didn't really know what to expect. Were you surprised yeah, by I, how much you liked it? Yes, I didn't know what to expect going in. Because I, I kind of thought, I don't know why, I had this idea in my head from when it came out that it didn't get such positive buzz and that it wasn't so well received. I don't know why I thought that. Um, and that shouldn't really matter anyway. Everybody should make their own opinion about the things mm-hmm. they see. But um, yeah, I was surprised. I didn't really know what to expect. I thought it was more, I thought it was going to be more of a thriller. I tend to do this with movies I don't know anything about. I think they're completely different <laughs> genres than they actually are. Like, what was that movie? What was one of the recent episodes we did? Oh, um, Paris, Texas. You thought it was like an action. Yeah, thriller. I thought it was like a. I thought it was like an. A, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like a. So I thought this was also kind of like a thriller, but no, this was great movie. Great suggestion by you. I'm happy you picked it. I'm so happy good. You watched it. Yeah, it was. It's it was, so good. Uh, mm-hmm. If I, I had I more time, I would have watched it again right after. I had. By the way, I was thinking about so. A little, so we were thinking of recording this last week alone. You know, he got a little bit busy with life, so we had to push it to tonight. Yeah. And I was almost thinking of rewatching it, but I really wanted only my first time thoughts being um, watched and I, being listened to. And I, I'll say this alone: we've discussed. You know, you sometimes watch movies in parts. I was very scared that you, mm. when you watch this movie in parts, you were going to lose momentum and not like it as much as like I do. And so I was very scared. Um, but it seems like yeah. that. Like I was worried. It about didn't. That. I also was. It, it. It didn't. I'm pretty good at. I've gotten good at it because I, because of because I got kids and everything. You know, you get good at having to turn things off a quarter right. of the way through, or halfway through, and then just compartmentalizing. And then when you go back to it, you know, the next night or whatever. Um, I, I also you're, got... you're, you're fine. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it didn't really affect it. I thought it was great. Thank God. I, I got a little bit of an inkling that you liked this movie when I texted you on Friday to be like, hey, make sure you listen to the soundtrack. You're like, oh, I've already been listening the last two days. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, like, I mean, music could be good in a movie that's bad, but like, yeah. I kind of, I got an inkling that you, we were on the same page here. Okay. Yeah. That makes yeah, this good. So we're both, we're both two thumbs up on this basically, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. You should, whoever's listening who hasn't seen it, which, which I would imagine is a lot, a lot of people. Um, see it you should watch it i really it's think on netflix if you're someone who likes movies and like you could appreciate like you like you you're watching more than like five movies a year you know if you're if, i mean i'm assuming if you listen to this podcast you probably are um yeah but i really if you haven't watched it i think it should really jump to the next thing on your list there's mm-hmm. really there's yeah. really few movies that are that 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 are out there that are of this caliber in terms of like just what it's got to offer everything is just very good it might not be like your favorite movie because of its tone or your favorite movie because of its its story. But like in terms of everything it's providing, it's just, 
it's throwing heat every every step of the way, right? And yep. I guess from the things we mentioned, that shouldn't surprise you, right? It has Daniel Day Lewis, who only does like really serious movies now. I mean, he retired after this, but he really only does big movies with like really respected directors. And he he like unofficially helped put together this movie. Him and Paul Thomas Anderson worked together like in the writing of it. He doesn't have a writing credit because he didn't actually write anything, but they worked together to create it. And so it doesn't surprise me that it's just like a very good movie. Um, anyways, let's get into spoilers, I guess, right? Spoilers? Yeah. yeah. So to avoid spoilers, look at the timestamp and you can skip ahead. I don't know what we're going to talk about at the end of unless, the episode, but... Unless you want to talk about Daniel Day-Lewis before. Um, but I don't think... We, I don't think... I don't, no. It doesn't matter. I don't think so. Okay, so let's I think go let's get let, Let's get into the meat of the episode, because I want to... Yeah. I think it, it'll be easier. So first of all, uh, this is just a random question. Do you like the name of this movie? Like the title? Yeah, I didn't really think about it that much. Um, Did it weird you out that it's just called Phantom Thread and not The Phantom Thread or A Phantom Thread? Just it's called Phantom Thread? No, I kind of like that, actually. Okay. Do you know it's why it's called, called Phantom, Phantom Thread? Do you know why it's no. called Phantom Thread? It's, I have no so idea. I, I was doing some research. Apparently back in the day when seamstresses would come home, they would yeah. like their hands would like involuntarily move in the way that they were sewing all day so that was called okay. like a phantom thread you know like they were they were thread like okay. their body i'm not sure exactly why the movie is called the yeah called phantom now thread. That you say that, what is the phantom thread in this it. movie like that's a question that I, like i've been thinking about maybe like the phantom thread is just like literally he sews things into like different he sews different messages into the dresses that yeah maybe that. i was thinking when you asked maybe that's why but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it sounds cool. I don't know exactly what it means in this context, but I like that. Um, my next question for you is: What type of movie is this? Like, what's what 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 what, what genre? Like, what are we? We sometimes try to put this these movies in yeah. in a little category, and this is hard. I think it's. I think it's just a drama. I mean, do you think it's a romance? You know, yes. I mean, okay, but only. <laughs> I mean, maybe this is stating the obvious, but only at the end is it a romance, right? Like, um, it really only comes together. Like, uh, the whole time throughout the movie, you kind of think that, well, not the whole time, but as the movie goes on, you're kind of under the impression that Reynolds Woodcock, who's Daniel Day-Lewis's character, just hates, just, yeah, it's crazy, just hates her. What's her name in the movie? Uh, Alma. Right? and she's poisoning him so like you're like what is going yeah. on yeah right i forgot of course that's even more obvious <laughs> right she's poisoning him as the movie uh, you know um so uh, yeah it is a romance but it's a drama i mean I, i've been reading a lot about it and people are getting on like to get on the train of like oh it's actually a comedy you know like, well it is a very funny movie it's very I very funny you know what i have to admit i didn't think it was funny until i was reading that and then I was thinking about some scenes. I'm like, you know what? Actually, that is kind of funny. Daniel Day-Lewis was so funny. He was such a, a dick the entire movie. But, but is, he that was so funny. is that by design? Is that by design? Or is I mean, it just, doing, or is just people do... looking for something? Like, no, it's by like, design. Oh, it's actually... It's definitely by design. <laughs> is in, it? In, like, what's a good example? I can think of one scene that's a good example. What, okay, so we're... there's a couple scenes. But, like, yeah. when he's at breakfast. That's the one, yeah the, yeah. the dinner scene also, which I have them later in my favorite scenes. But he's like... Uh, let me see if I have the line written down. Um, he's like, let me find it. Let me find it. Let me find it. Um, when he makes, when she makes him a surprise dinner, 
and yeah. um, he's like, I like my asparagus with butter, not salt yeah, and oil. Yeah. And he like throws it at her. And like, now we can get more into that, but I think he she did that on purpose to like push his buttons. But anyways, like, but why is that? But see, this one. Why is that I'm funny? Laughing, so it is funny. But why is that? I thought the whole the whole premise of the movie, I think, in hindsight, is that he's this incredibly. I don't even know if stubborn is the right word. He's just this incredibly regimented and controlling yes. individual. So what that that would those like the breakfast scene, for example. Right yeah. where he's getting where he's getting irked by every single sound that she's making, getting her breakfast together. Like to me, that just that fits the character that they're trying to build in the movie. So I don't but, know why that's. I mean, I guess funny it's funny because, in hindsight. Like, I'll explain because, like, at least for me, like it is sort of like the movie is like a costume drama period piece about a toxic relationship. That's really what it's about, right? Or yes. seemingly yeah. toxic. Yeah. Like it plays yeah. with your expectations about what a romance is a little bit, but. Yes, that for sure. The movie makes him like such a jerk to the point where it sticks out of the tone. Like an average person in that type of movie does not behave that way. And and like period, and now this is like the nineteen fifth, like nineteen forties. It's not like the eighteen eighties or something. But like the way he acts, like sticks out like a sore thumb and is wholly unique. He's not meant to like fit into his well, era. He's meant to be unique for his era, and that's like funny. I don't like, know if that's, that's well. He's supposed to be that. The creative genius, right? The, but meaning the point the, is, it's like cre- it's not. It's not like when you watch a movie. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I think it's just I that it didn't. I was like, okay, he's, you know, there's always that, you know, very creative people have a bit of, I don't know, there's something. You can't have it all, right? Like if you're very, if you're an incredible talent at one thing, you'll 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 be missing something in some other aspect of your mm. life, right? Yeah. Um. So. uh to me, that was just okay. He's an amazing dressmaker. He's a, you know, nationally renowned, perhaps internationally renowned dressmaker. And to get to that craft, you have to be a very specific. To get to the peak of that craft, you have to be a very specific kind of individual. So, like, I just saw it as his character. Be I don't know. I didn't. It didn't strike me as as weird because it just fit what they were trying to do. Does that make but sense? That, no, but it does fit with what they're trying to do, but that's what's funny where he's just like such like a, like he's just <laughs> yeah, such a jerk. So. Like, do you find him funny <laughs> and there will be blood? Like, did you find him funny in that movie? No, if anything, I would say there will be blood is also a drama, obviously, but the argument can be made that there will be blood kind of borders on being a horror movie at times. Right. But, but do you, do you find any of the stuff his character does funny or you're like, you take no. total like you don't I take find it totally the, serious. Like you don't find that like I drink your milkshake to be funny because it's like so outsized in like a good no, way. Like it's a great no. I think it's a great line. It is a great line, but it's also funny. I think it's the like, way he delivers it. I, I I would like to know if Paul because I feel like I've heard that also about there will be blood. You know, like I, I would like to know what if Paul Thomas Anderson was looking for a sort of a dual element. Like was he trying to be serious and comedic at the same time with those scenes? I, I'm curious because I really I take There Will Be Blood as an incredibly serious movie, right? Like, it, it is example, incredibly like the, serious. I abandoned but... my child scene, like yeah, it is incredibly that, serious. That's funny. I know it is incredibly serious, but there are also very funny it, moments yeah. that are intentional. I would I think it's much more. It's giving him a lot more credit to be like he intentionally makes these characters funny at moments because he weaves in and out of these genres a little bit of these moments yeah, but, where yeah like i don't think this, it's funny i don't know if funny is the right word i think it's just these are crazy characters you like, don't find it funny when like, like they're, daniel they're, they're stealing Plainview the dress and, 
from like the drunk lady. You don't you didn't find that funny when he's like, "Give me the dress." Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I guess, I, I guess, but I don't know. I guess I maybe I just I don't know. Maybe I didn't get that part of it. I I will watch it again actually because I'm curious because. I've been reading a lot about it, and a lot of people are saying this movie's hilarious. I'm like this. I'm like, this movie's hilarious. Like I just thought it was a, as a it was a cool, good, you know, it's good story, so funny. crazy I mean, plot movie. I didn't think of it like you know, like there's so many comedy, like, really. like when she's. I mean, now I'm just talking about like my favorite parts of the movie when he like when they're on their first date and he's like, and he's like like fitting her for a dress and she he's like he just says so deadpan you have no breasts. And she like looks really upset, and it's just like such a lack of self awareness. And then he makes a line where he's like, "Oh, it's my job to yeah, give but... you some." But like his lack of self awareness is funny. It's not meant to be like, "Haha, that's a know. joke." It's meant to be funny. I just, how like I just thought he was playing is. the character really, and that that well, is funny though. This, this just socially, you know, uh, clueless, right? That's, right. But the, to me, that's funny. Like in real life, if, you, if in real life, if you witness that. It would be like if you were sitting there, like, and someone like was treating their wife like that, you'd be really uncomfortable. It wouldn't be funny. You'd yeah, be like, exactly. This is really awkward. But like, right. when you're watching it as a movie, you're like, this is funny because this guy is being such a jerk. I don't know. That's at least how I, I like, I found it very yeah. funny. And like, and it is the, my next question was going to be like, what do you feel about the tone of this movie? But we kind of just discussed this because I'm like, it's a yeah. serious movie. But mm-hmm. like I said, it, I found it very, very funny. Um. Let me think what else other questions I had for you. Um, so this movie starts off with one of those kind of like storytelling devices of an intercut story with like later parts of the movie. Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. Like yeah. where well, she's, it, she's kind of telling over her story. Yeah. Right? To the doctor. Like, and that right. that's happening towards the end of the movie. Um, and it, you find out in the middle of the movie that that's the doctor she's talking to, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Did you, did you like that part? Like that they yeah, did that? I mean, if I had to pick something in the movie that I didn't like, it probably would be that. Because what is it? What did it add to it? Unless I missed something. What did no, it add I, to I don't it? really know. It added a little bit of like mystery and intrigue as you're trying to figure out who she's talking to and what's going on. It makes you also think more sinister things. Are that afoot. is true. That that's um, a good that's that's a good observation. I I did think, and that you're right. That did set the tone for kind of making the viewer think that okay, maybe she's gonna like kill this guy, right? Yeah. Like yeah. So yeah, okay, good call. Like and that like, would fit like, into because I think there is a mystery. This whole yeah. movie builds up to a bit of a misdirect, right? Not a bit of a misdirect. It no, is yeah, a misdirect, right? Um, it's you know this okay, kind of I could see the value in it. This framing device is a little bit like Saltburn, which you reference, where it's like person telling their events afterwards. That yeah, creates exactly. that. It creates this feeling that something happened that's worth telling over to someone else. Do you know what I mean? So the fact that right, she's right. telling a story to someone means something happens that's worth telling to someone else, right? Yeah, and like, and something they good wouldn't, point. and something they wouldn't know without her telling them. That's um, a good point. So okay, so I, I take it back. I don't mind it. I like I I I, I didn't necessarily have thoughts either way, but I'm, I'm I was kind of adjudicating its value. And one of the survey questions actually was someone wrote like, "Do you like movies that have different like flashbacks, this and that?" I mean, if they're listening to this episode, my answer really is it just it depends if it serves the story or not. That's not really right. to me a whole I, I mean, we can have an episode done. on like story structure, yeah. but like it really depends, right? So here I think it served it, it definitely didn't hurt the movie. I think it aided the movie in creating that sense of like, "Oh my gosh, what did she do?" or "Oh my gosh, what happens to Reynolds?" Um, yeah. Okay. Now my next big question what is this movie about slash what's the point of this movie? I think, I think the point of this movie is that, um, 
that everybody has everybody's relationship people express love in very unique ways yes yes nailed and, it um and uh yeah i think that's i think that's i i'm assuming that's what he was getting at right i think so i, I think the, there's yeah but it's just you know I think alone froze for right. a second here. You froze See, for a second. Oh, sorry, sorry. Where do you, where did I leave you? You said um, you think that was intended, and then you kind of froze. I think that it was. What was I saying? You were um, saying about the the point of the movie is is about the toxic, like the yeah. I think that's what he was way. getting at. Yeah, I think that's what he was getting at. Right. Everybody, everybody deals with their relationships in their own way. Everybody expresses their compromise admiration. Yeah, exactly. Well, this is compromised to the extreme, but yeah. um and uh yeah, I think that's what it was. A good story getting that message across. I think so. It's not really a story, right? There's no there's no plot when you think about it, right? There's no like well, so there's a difference between plot and story that I always forget. Um, there is. I know what you're talking about. But plot is a sequence of events that makes up a story technically. So, but yeah, so I know what you mean. So I would say there's I would say for this there's no like nothing really happens in the movie. Right. I, like, there, but no, I feel like there's a lot of self-discovery <laughs> and growth with the characters. I know what you mean, but it's oh, kind definitely of like not growth. Well, I would not say growth. I would say in some ways growth, if you think about he it. He doesn't change at all. He changes no, he for, does. for a split. He changes for a second and then he reverts back. No, but then he changes again because the movie is about like control, right? Like and his whole life is predicated on that he wants control um and he has control at all times and then love comes when he's finally able to cede that control to someone else and he realizes that he's at his best those those moments of him being like right after he's sick and she yeah. has just taken care of him right that's when he's at his best when he cedes that control he makes but, that but realization still... about himself but he still falls back into his old ways, even sure. though he acknowledge, even though he realizes that. So they're gonna really have to keep doing saying. that all the time. They're right. gonna, have to, she's gonna have to well, keep that's, poisoning that's him with mushrooms, right? Um, but yeah, she so she has you, you she has growth because at the beginning she kind of a little bit is willing. Again, I understand what you mean by regression. It is toxic, yeah. but like again, it's how you look at it, right? So like, she has growth in that she kind of in the beginning is just gonna go along with whatever, and then is willing to seize that control that she desires. So to that's growth, right? In the beginning, she's just kind of like play along okay, to get so, along, right? Okay, and at actually, the end, she realizes like what she needs to get what she wants, right? So like for example, she's able to get quiet before they're married. She starts being quiet when she eats breakfast, and then after they get married, she's loud again. I don't know if you noticed that. So like she she screams at her for being loud, and then she's quiet by breakfast. And then when they get married and they're at like the Alps, she's eating her breakfast really loudly again. You see it right, bothers right. him. And he's but getting, like, he's getting, yeah. But like she's doing it anyways because she understands that like, like the control <laughs> is bad for him, kind of. Uh, maybe you're right, actually. I guess it's really funny. Because, because, he, because he does realize that he, that, that he's at his, not, I don't know if you guys have his best, but no, I think he's willing to give stuff up that he's at his best too. Like, because he was the part, the part when he's like, oh, like, I'm losing inspiration and this and that, that, like, like, I think he's, <laughs> I, I, there's a couple things. So I think it's about that. So, like, the one thing about control, but it's also, like, he's, like, a man-child. He's very infantile, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. He, like, throws temper tantrums. He needs to get what he wants. There's, like, a real big, like, 
focus on food in the movie. I don't like, I mean, it's hard not to notice that the movie like is all about food. It's constantly about food and it's all centered around like meals. Like every big scene is around food. Yeah, that's true. And there's that whole, like he's a hungry boy. That's the last line of the movie where he's like, he's getting hungry. She kept saying that like he's on. So it's kind of like, he's like, I don't know what the hungry thing is. There's kind of like, maybe it's like his like lust of like lust of life and lust for her. But there's also like, he's kind of like a baby, right? Like babies lives are all about like their meals and like yeah. they throw temper tantrums when things aren't for them and they need someone to take care of them. And like she kind of the whole like the first half of the movie, like I guess he's all about his like the 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 phantom of his mother. And then after he gets sick, like Alma replaces his mother in his mind. Like very visually so, where like he's hallucinating his mother, and then like Alma opens the door and kind she of replaces his mother. Yeah. Like she becomes the person who like is his caretaker now. She like is the one who controls him. I don't know. It's yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah, it's it's weird, right? It's maybe it's, it's an erotic def- thriller. Like, uh, well, I, there was the no, the, there's there's minimal eroticism, if any. I got to be honest. Well, but well, but there's it's like a, a kink you're saying. It's like a it's like a like a poison a kink. kink. Yeah, that's what I mean more. Right? It's a control there's a weird, it's like, like a control fetish. Yeah, but like it it makes it makes him more into her, right? Like right he, because she he, like proposes <laughs> right away. Like she proposes, and it's kind of out of left field. But the second he gets better, he's like, "No, I love you. I can't live without you." But did right? he know he, she did it the first time? No, it's unclear. I don't think it's so, unclear, though. right? Okay, I, I don't think yeah. so though, because I don't think so either. But when did he figure it out? When he's there when, and he sees her cutting up those mushrooms. But he can see the mushrooms. I don't get it. He, he sees, sees the her, mushrooms. He knows he's like, oh, those are the poisonous mushrooms. Maybe he just real. I don't know. <laughs> he might not even know then exactly. But like, I, it's it's uh, that's one of the good questions. No, no, he for sure knew that because the way he's acting before he takes the first <laughs> bite of that omelet. That, that was an amazing that, scene. That old scene is so good. That it's, was an amazing scene. He's so good. Daniel so Lewis is, is so good. And I, like I don't how care he's how. Kind cl- of- Sorry, I don't care how cliche it is. I don't care how cliche it is. He's I don't care that it's that it, you know he he's an incredible actor. He's the best actor of the generation for sure. Like he's so good. He's so good. He's so good. The way he anyway. just like talks and acts in this movie. We'll get to like it's character amazing. actor he's breakdown amazing. in a second. But yeah, he's so good. <laughs> so what do you think about the food stuff though? Like is that like like it's it's all about I really food. Know- I don't- you didn't yeah, notice that? I didn't really notice. I didn't really notice it until you said it. You know, I mean, the scenes that stick out into me, do, sorry, that stick out to me, do revolve around food. So the breakfast, the first breakfast scene, yeah. um, obviously that the omelet scene towards the end where he, you know, what does he say to her? Like, come here, my girl. What does he say? Sometimes... After he takes <laughs> I don't even that know, was... but it's so good. That's what I'm saying. There's it's there's a kinkiness to it, right? There's like a weird yes. like. Anyway, um. I didn't notice the food thing really until you called okay. it out. And like um, she calls him a hungry boy a couple times. Uh, so there's something about food. I I I I don't know exactly. I, I think it's something to do kind of with him being like being like voracious in his appetites for certain things, but then also kind of being infantile. That's what the, what I'm putting on it. I would ask okay. if I could I like ask it. Paul Thomas like Anderson, that. I would ask yeah. him about that. But um, yeah, I like that. Do you like the ending of this movie? Like the how it ends, kind of with. With the pram, like when they're walking, how does it end exactly? So it ends with she poisons him, and yeah. he's like into it. There's like oh, uh, there's like her like looking into the what their future is gonna be, and then it kind of ends off with them just like like making a dress in his showroom or something. 
Yeah, I liked it. I didn't I really liked think it. of yeah, why not? Yeah. Like like I said, that last omelet scene was amazing. Yeah, it ended well. I was very satisfied with this movie. Yeah. I was not, you know. And it was, anything it it Sorry, mm -hmm. go ahead. No, it didn't really it hit on everything. It didn't really miss on anything. Yeah, I agree. Is there anything else about like the meaning or what the point of the movie is that you, you wanted to mention? I don't think so. Um, I think it's just about relationship dynamics, right? It's a very interesting, unique take on relationship dynamics. Yeah. And maybe you're right. I, I kind of take it back now that I'm thinking about it. When I said he didn't really have any growth. You're right. They're kind of meeting in the middle of like, you know, you're going to be controlling whatever for X amount of time. But then I'm going to poison you and you're <laughs> going to like it because you're going to become submissive to me, basically. Right. Yeah. 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 It's so like great. This is great. And then I'm gonna like be you know good for a few weeks or whatever, and be more into you. And then I'm gonna go back to it. And then we're gonna repeat the cycle. So like there is a meeting in the middle. Like he's down for it. She's down for it. It works. And I like how it subverts the expectations because right off the bat, like this movie has a little bit like of an eeriness, whether it be the music or just the way he behaves. That's why. That's why I thought it was like more of a thriller when it well, came out. Like, I mean, it acts like a thriller. Once she starts poisoning him, you think it's going to be a thriller. Like, that's think... true. That's true. It is a, it, it is a big misdirect. Like I was saying before, like, I, I don't know what I expected to happen when he was like looking at the piece of omelet, right? When he cuts that first piece, and you're like, wait a second, like, did he figure this out? Does he know that she's poisoning him? Like, what's going to happen here, right? And then he just and then he just eats it and then goes, "Come here, my girl." And you're like, "Whoa, what? I did not expect this." But yeah, you're right. It does play like a I was not a expecting bit. that. I thought he was going to eat the yeah, omelet and like die or something, and I'd be like, There's "Okay." No way like... Anyone was expecting that. <laughs> Great twist. She's, Great she's twist. like, "You're going to be so sick in an hour or whatever." She says, "Like you're going to be throwing up and you're going to need me." And yeah, because like that's he's like, and he swallows and he's like, "Come here, my dear." <laughs> Yeah, didn't he say something like "Let's go up to like that"? That's what I'm I saying. don't it's know. Like but an erotic thriller, so almost. good. Like... Oh man, I really yeah. love this movie. Great movie. Yeah, okay. me too. So now let's. I want to talk about the actors slash characters because I think yeah they all got a lot to say. So Daniel Day Lewis as as Reynolds Woodcock, um, as a character, he's such a jerk. Say. He is such yeah, a but jerk. it's a ten out of ten. It's a ten out of ten performance. So good. And you know, yeah. I know you like but Daniel yeah, Blood, true. but there's something yeah. there's there's something that I have to appreciate about a much this this role. It's not the most subtle role, but it's much more subtle than There Will Be Blood. And his like, because There Will Be Blood is a very big performance. He's screaming a lot and this and that. This one's a little bit toned more toned down. And he was able to just get the character it's across so, so well. It was still big, but it's not like There There Will Be Blood is is a massive performance. And he does lots of big performances, like you know, My Left Foot, yeah. very big performance, but. Um, he's he's very Gangs good of, at them. Gangs of New York, Gangs of oh, New yeah, York, is like his big, well. like he's like you know, he's Lincoln a, is a big a, performance as well. It's like a big show. Lincoln is a big performance, but it's, it, but I kind of his character in Phantom Threads with Reynolds Woodcock and Phantom Thread, which I guess that's like his comedic. Yes, it's know. a it's an absurd name. It's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Woodcock and Phantom Thread, Daniel Plainview, and there will be blood, and then. The butcher, or whatever. What's Billy the butcher. Uh, Billy the butcher, and Gangs of New York. They have a similar vibe to them. I don't know how to explain it. They have a right? quiet rage. A quiet rage. A, yeah, a quiet rage. Whereas you look at some, take some of his other movies, like you mentioned, My Left Foot, obviously, and like 
you know, lost the Mohicans, and I'm just looking here that now it Lincoln, is, now I don't know. Lincoln, like those are those are, those are like a bit more um like like, traditional. like those are more yeah, yeah exactly um the boxer yeah um, I've never seen that movie oh that's a good movie it's a good movie I've never seen the name of the father also it's been on my list for a while also a good movie also a good movie um. I'm a big Daniel Day Lewis. Are you a big Dan? You are, right? I like him. I mean, my that's, left foot is like a solid two, movie. I think. Uh, my left foot. Yeah, I think, I think he's like solid. Pickles loves my left foot. He's a big fan of that movie. I think. Yeah, yeah. I I think he's he's. I really do buy into the Daniel Day Lewis thing. Like I, he is an amazing actor. I, like, I do too. By the way, he he lives up to the hype. There's no question about it. Um, and his career has been excellent. Like he's he's been in just very good movies. Would you yeah. say that his best performance? I it's hard. I don't. I'm not really good at being like what someone's best performance. But like, yeah. if I was forcing you to answer that, would you say it's There Will Be Blood, or would you say a different yeah. one? I, okay, I think it's There Will Be Blood. I think most I think a lot of people. It's. I think a lot of people. People would say like that. to say my left foot, right? My I left foot gets, is like. I think it gets a lot of love, which and it's a good movie. I like it a lot, but I think it's. I think There Will Be Blood. He's so good in There Will Be Blood, and he plays it. So perfect. I mean, it's just like he embodies that character so much, you know. And obviously, yeah. he's very good in Lincoln too. Like Lincoln should get some love. Like he's very good in that. Um, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. As you were saying, sorry before. I no, no, no. Th- th- that was good. <laughs> I, I, I really don't have so much like specifics to say on the character. I already brought up the like. We already talked about like. Does he know, like, he's being poisoned? Like we already kind of. Ad- discuss that part so that was one of my things yeah i wanted to note two more things about daniel day lewis because really it's just like you have to watch the movie to experience it but his hair in this movie is incredible and he drives an awesome car yes i just wanted to his say both is, things. that's a good call his hair i don't remember the car but his hair is really good in this movie so good yeah very handsome man very handsome and he's, he's always been but he, he aged beautifully as well yeah I, I you know it's a shame he retired i, I hope he comes back i think he'll be something. back I, you know, I, I didn't know. mention this well, off the top. A guy like him could just be like so stuck in that way of, you know. I don't, I don't think it's the first time he retired. I think he retired after Lincoln also, <laughs> didn't he? I don't know. He's like a could, like a cobbler now or something or a, like a woodworker or something. I forgot to mention this before with Paul Thomas Anderson, but there's been news about his next movie recently, like starring like Sean Penn and like Leonardo DiCaprio. That's like going to be his next movie. So that's pretty cool. What is it? I don't think you know there's the any details. Uh, no, I don't. Th- I think it's just they announced like who's in it. I think it's like very early in production, but that sounds cool. By the way, I heard that. I no, I heard. I read that when I was reading about Phantom Thread that he became Daniel Day Lewis became like a pretty proficient dressmaker. Of course, he's he a did. method actor, right? Of like course, people to know that like Daniel Day Lewis is a is a method actor to the extreme. <sighs> yeah, to the extreme um, is important to note. But yeah, yeah if you call him Daniel very- on set, he'll like punch you in the face. Is that that's the thing? Like he's very much like yeah. No, he wouldn't punch you. Like that's his thing. Like, right. Yeah. But his, but yeah. So he became uh, he became a proficient dressmaker. <laughs> I'm trying to see. I'm trying to find where I read that. That's um. We'll, we'll, we'll this is from Wikipedia. That. So maybe it says Daniel Day Lewis, a renowned method actor, spent a year learning dressmaking under the tutelage of Mark Happel in preparation for the role. Day-Lewis gained enough skills to enable him to recreate an iconic dress by Balenciaga during the year. I don't know what the year means, but yeah, so doesn't surprise me. Huh. 
Um, yeah. I, he's just great. I mean, I, yeah. I, and, and not only is he great, I mean, the Alma character does a very, actress does a very good job. I've never seen her in anything else. I think else. she does too. She yeah, does I mean, a good job. It's also, it's hard to be in a movie with Daniel Day-Lewis and like, yeah. act like, as good as that. Because first of all, he always gets like the juiciest part of the movie he's in. And like, he basically usually has the best moments in any scene he's in. Even though not every... What? Yeah. What were you gonna say? Do you think it's like it's probably very intimidating to be on set with him? I've, I've not because rem- it's not because it's like oh that's Daniel Day Lewis, but like because he's a method actor, because there's no break really from Daniel Day Lewis as a person to in this case Reynolds mm-hmm. Woodcock the character, right? I'm sure it's probably it's probably a little scary, right? And she like, was like a, like a like a, a I think a first time actress, really not in many things. So like I'm sure it was intimidating for her. Yeah. Um, but I, I've heard, I've read things where he's like a very nice guy and all those things, but it is probably intimidating. No, I'm sure it's probably he also is, a little but... bit annoying because it's like you want to go over to him and be like, Hey, like, how was I that take? And he's like, I yeah. need to make a dress right now, please leave me alone. Like, and like throws a there's asparagus like strip at her in I mean, Hollywood. There's, there's a bunch of guys like that. I mean, an, another guy who's known for being a quote unquote method actor, but like takes it too far is Jared Leto. Um, like when he was playing the Joker, what like he like he? he like mailed like dead rats to his coworkers and did weird things like that. That's like method acting. I'll say this: method acting. Like I've heard other method actors talk about how like the modern day conception of method acting is not really what method acting is. Being a method actor does not mean like learning to become a dressmaker to play a dressmaker. That's just like kind of how some people have evolved it. I don't really know what it actually is but i've heard people talk about it where they're like other method actors will be like that's not exactly what method acting is it's just how people think it is i don't know i mean whatever danny lewis is doing work so like i'm not questioning his yeah methods, but... i mean it's it's he's so good so I mean, I'll... enough <laughs> yeah, so, so with alma she like she does a great job and like not much is known about the character, which is interesting. I was reading interviews and with Dan- with uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. He said there was originally some other scenes where you find out a little more about her background that he cut out, which I think was the right thing. But he also yeah. stated that she was supposed to be like Jewish in his mind. Did you get those vibes? What would, no. What's this, what would be the significance of that anyway? She's like a Holocaust survivor, or like 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 a refugee from the Holocaust. Not necessarily a Holocaust survivor, but like someone who is displaced due to the Holocaust. Like that's implied in the movie. So I did not catch this, but apparently there is one moment of slight implication um, when Barbara Rose or whatever her name is is, is having the press mm-hmm. conference with her husband, and they're like, um, like kind of questioning him about selling visas to Jews. She has like a very disgusted look on her face. Um mm, like that's supposed to be like one of the things. So I I didn't necessarily notice okay. that. When I asked my mother about it actually, because I she I know she had watched the movie a couple times, and also when she watches movies, she'll like read things about it afterwards. And she said that actually yeah. she had like thought she when she was watching that, like thought that she was getting that that vibe a little bit from Alma. So oh, interesting. I didn't pick up on that at all. Not necessarily so noteworthy, just interesting. I Another thing I was kind of interested in that they never really explore the doctor character was really thirsty for the Alma character, right? It wasn't just me; he was being thirsty That's, for her. Yeah, that that I was going so. on at the dinner scene, like that 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 dinner scene, like and when he they're at a dinner party. Doesn't, doesn't Reynolds call him out for it, or am I? He gets mad, right? but like I don't understand why Reynolds is not sitting next to his wife at that party. 
it was, that that whole thing was just weird. Like that's just Reynolds it's does Reynolds. what Reynolds does, you know. Like <laughs> he calls up Cyril and says, "Take the girl out back. Like, get me a new one, yeah. please. Give her the January dress." I feel like eventually she'll kill him in this universe of the fictional. Not intentionally, but yes. Not intentionally, she'll get too into like her having the control over him because he's so, um, like when he's weak and ill, right? Yeah. What is that like Munchausen or Munchausen by Proc? Right. Uh, um, yeah, I, I, I don't. Munchausen's more. I, I maybe, maybe it would qualify as Munchausen. I, I don't know if it would exactly, but I know what you mean. Because her thing is not about. I feel like eventually, it'll kill him. It'll. I mean, a lot. Eventually, of, she'll kill him. Again, yeah. not, Maybe you're right by accident, but eventually we've been she'll doing kill a lot him. of kink talk this episode. It started with with um, Fifty Shades, <laughs> but you know there was that actor. It was David Carradine who. who well, Valentine's died. Day is coming up, right? <laughs> it was David. I think it was David Carradine, the guy who played Bill from Kill Bill. I'm pretty sure died like because he had a certain like asphyxi- asphyxi- I don't know how to pronounce this word asphyxiation. Is that how you pronounce it? Like he erotic liked, asphyxiation. Yeah, he liked that, and I think he like died due to yeah. that. So. Um, I think Michael. I think that was also. Before I say it, I want to look it up. Um, is that how he died? Who? Uh, no, it was a theory. It was a. I think it was a. There was a. There was a theory that that's how he died. You know the band in excess. No. The Australian band. No. no? But, oh, 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 they spelled like I N X S, right? I N X S. Yes, yeah, in excess, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so Michael Hutchins, who was the lead singer, he hung himself, and I think people had said at the time that there was a, that there was a chance that it was from autoerotic asphyxiation. Oh. But I don't know if that's ever been. I don't know if that's ever been proven. Okay, it says in a 1999 interview with 60 Minutes, someone claimed that Hutchinson's death might have resulted from autoerotic asphyxiation. Yeah, so I've heard of that before. That's how that guy from Kill Bill died, the actor. Yes, I am pretty sure. I don't want to. Okay, now I feel like I I should be checking, but no, I'll check. David Carradine, right? Yeah, I'm like 99 percent sure that's how he died. Let's see. Um, I I was like 100 percent sure till you said like this guy. Now you're 99 percent sure, and I'm like, okay, now I can only be 99 percent sure. Thai uh, police suggested that the death might have been from accidental yeah. suffocation due to erotic autoerotic asphyxiation. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So there we go. But back to this movie, and now potentially. The most interesting character to talk about in some ways, the Cyril character. What is the deal with this character? And the, Cyril is the sister. The so, sister, yeah. In the beginning, uh... she's like the ultimate, like, kind of, she's just blocking Alma. Like, like she's C-blocking Alma. Um, yeah. And then C- she kind of, she, she comes to respect Alma, kind of, and, like, becomes an aide of Alma. But, like... You're meant to get some weird really, kind of sexual yeah. vibes from from that in the beginning, right? It like felt kind of like like um, Freudian, like weird, like they were not the, not saying that Reynolds was having sex with his sister that it was not happening, but there was that weird vibe of like that relationship was weird. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. By the way, I just want to clear the record here on Michael Hutchins. I looked it up as you started that. <laughs> it's a rumor. He didn't die because of that. Apparently his partner started that rumor. He did he did hang himself. Okay. But it was suicide. It wasn't like an autoerotic asphyxiation okay. death. My point was that's how I had heard of that. Okay. That that well anyway. So Michael Hutchins Back did not die because of that. Second. Anyway, yeah, sorry. 
So, Cyril, yeah, I agree with you. There is like a weird, I think implying like a sexual kind of element to that relationship. She's so odd and like, it's Maybe. it works so well in the beginning. She's just like being such like, she's being overprotective and then realizes that Alma's actually worth something, I guess. Like she actually could, like Alma could actually be good for her brother in some way maybe. And then kind of respects her. Another thing, I don't, this we might have missed, but in the beginning of the movie when he's on the date with Alma and he's showing the picture of his mother's dress and he says that single women who who don't like touching wedding dresses because they'll never get married and the sister never got married and she made the wedding dress. I thought that was like an interesting like kind of like note. Obviously that was intentional. Wait, say that again? What was they, that? They, they, there's a superstition they note in the movie that people, single people don't like working and touching wedding dresses because oh, it'll curse yes. them never yeah, to be yeah, married yeah. or whatever. Face, okay. And Cyril worked on the yeah. mother's wedding dress with him and it never she never ended, she never got married. Like that kind of superstition rode true for her. Yeah. Um you think uh, that's interesting. I don't know what that's to make of it. Take. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I just, Yeah, that's I, an interesting take. Like I, I'm not. I don't really have more to say on that. But it was just, I, I found that interesting. Cyril, like some of the things with Cyril were in the beginning maybe so uncomfortable. And that's what they're meant to do when he's like, Cyril's always right. Like he's arguing with Alma, and he's like, Cyril's always right. And you're, I was just like cringing on the inside for this guy for his like, it's like even worse than like a guy who like, like can't, you know, like that to his sister. Yeah, like you know, there are people yeah. who are like, listen, I'm someone who just referenced my mother like three times on this podcast. So like, I'm not, I'm not above the mama's boy allegations. But like, there's one thing being a mama's boy, but then in this movie being like a sister's boy, basically with like his sister that lives with him and like controls his life. It was so weird, but it worked so well for the movie. I it worked well. And she and, was good too. And she was nominated for best. She was nominated for best supporting actress. I'm not so familiar with Leslie Manville. I know she's well known. I don't, um, let me let me do a quick look up. While you're doing that, um, you know, I kind of want to. Should we run through some favorite, least favorite parts, or should we talk about the Oscar stuff first? Let's talk about the Oscar stuff. Okay. I'm curious to get into that. I have the entire In terms thing. Of Leslie Manville. Just doing a quick look through her filmography. Nothing is jumping up to me here. Okay. And not to break the fourth wall for our listeners. Do we have a hard stop? And if so, how much more time do we have? It's not hard, but it's we've got like 20 more minutes. We're fine. Okay. That's 25, 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, so should I read the best the best picture nominees that you Yeah, I'm gonna pull, I'm so gonna the, pull it up also. Okay. So the nominees were it's the 90th you said before? Yeah. 90th okay. so this was 2017 the oscars were in 2018 for the 2017 movies and actually a pretty good year i haven't watched this whole movie but three three billboards outside ebbing missouri um i know people like that movie the post was a trash movie i did not like that movie phantom thread good movie ladybird good movie get out good movie dunkirk pretty good movie darkest hour i've never seen call me by your name i've never seen shape of water i've never seen shape of water won that year i've um, seen all of them except for the post uh, oh, I did see the post actually. Um, bad movie, dumb, bad, boring. Movie. I don't remember thinking anything of it. Do you think of the Shape all of these Water movie, deserved, deserved? Absolutely not. There's three movies on this list that I would instantly put ahead of it. Which are Dunkirk, um, Lady Bird, and and Phantom Thread. Dunkirk, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread. I would even put Darkest Tower ahead of it. I would even put Call Me by Your Name ahead of it. I'm not kidding. What about Get I Out? You don't put, like I would, Get Out? I I like Get Out. I I don't know if I would put it. I like Get Out. Yeah, okay. honestly, Shape of Water should not have won. Three Billboards is a better movie. 
Anything so, could have won except for Shape of Water in the post, and I would probably have been satisfied. The post being nominated. So I always say this about the Oscars, <laughs> right? This is like one of my running jokes that the Oscars don't matter unless the movies and actors I want to win win. That's my attitude towards it. When it's like, yeah, like even then they don't matter. They, okay. they still don't matter. But like <laughs> going back and it's like the post is a bad movie. I'm sorry, it's boring and not good. How is this nominated? I don't remember what other movies were in 2017. But this like, was the year. I think this was the first year they expanded the nominations for best. Well, film, they expanded right? it to bad movies. I mean. Also, he shouldn't have won best. I'm looking at this here. Yeah, also. he, he shouldn't won, have won so best director. He won best how, director. How over... does that win best director? Can we talk about Christopher it? Nolan? Could have should. I mean, I, if I had to pick from this list, he... I'm picking Phantom Thread. But then it's Christopher Nolan. Stacked, stacked, stacked year of Paul Thomas Anderson for Phantom Thread, Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird, Jordan Peele for Get Out, Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk. Um, see, like directing is such a weird category, best director, because like. To me, there's not so much daylight between best picture and best director, right? What are you really lauding the director for that isn't encompassed in best picture? Okay, you could say that about every category. It's kind of like in but, football MVP and most val- and um offensive player of the year. Like they sometimes will like use that to like give another person an award. I don't think they necessarily do that in this thing, but um I'm wondering like why is why is the shape of water a well directed movie? What what makes it a well directed movie? I'm I'm curious. I mean, I, I don't have an answer. I haven't seen the movie, so. And by the way, I would say that about any movie. I, I, that's always something I've thought of. I'm like, what what exactly does that mean, right? Is it because the director has the final say on things? But is that even true for everything? It's, right, it's like, actually not true for. Um, it's not true, right? No, not every director has final cut privileges. I mean, that's usually like it's a not pretty... even final cut, like. Okay, there's a casting director, but does the director direct? Yeah, no, the director the makes say the, the uh, besides the studio. Unless the director is really one of these directors who gets like every decision, the studio could like make certain decisions. But the director is the one like you go to when you're like, "Hey, should we make this wall purple or pink?" Like he, at the end of the day, is the one that makes that decision. He could tell his department head to be like, "Hey, you make that decision, yeah. or you tell me what you think," but. Um, I don't know. It's a weird. Maybe I'm being. It's a weird. I I don't know. He's never. Wait. Hold on a second. Sorry. I was just looking and I was trying to see what awards he's ever won. He's never won a single Academy Award, Paul Thomas Anderson. Paul Thomas Anderson. He's not won. Yeah. yeah, I mean, what would he have won for? Maybe Meg. Oh, he said he did win for There Will Be Blood. He didn't win anything for There Will Be Blood. Also, he's a screenwriter, so why is he not? He's never won any. He's never won any screenplay awards. He's been nominated for screenplays, but let's see. I mean, he wasn't even he wasn't even nominated. How does this not get nominated for best original screenplay? I, let's see. How does the big How does the big sick get nominated? The big sick is a very this. good that movie. Makes, I will say the big. It's is good, good but come on, it it. it it doesn't compare. I agree. <laughs> That's wow. Do you think Daniel Day Lewis deserved best actor here? Let me see who's the list. So Gary Oldman won. Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do I? Uh, I mean, no. Like I've seen all these movies. Are we sleeping on 2017 being an incredible movie year? It is actually is a good year. You're right. But and again, I haven't seen all these movies, but I know these are well received movies. But I'm looking at some of these other ones, like I Tanya was that year. I like that movie. 
Um, yeah, it was good. Itania is a better movie than The Post. Itania should have been nominated for. I'm now in Pinchas mode. Itania should have been nominated for Best Picture before we're both, The Post. Should we're have both. Been. Honestly, Gary Oldman was good in The Darkest Hour, but I still it's think it's also a very Oscar win. It's like a biopic. Right, exactly. Like... It's too. It's too classic. That Daniel Day Lewis should have won that. Um, let's go to best. I mean, we haven't talked about the music yet, but I mean, Johnny yeah. Greenwood, Phantom Thread. Uh, was The Shape of Water music good? I don't remember it being being particularly memorable. We could transition I, this I conversation right yeah. into the music about this movie. The music in this sure. movie is incredible. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I, I've been seeing a lot of love for it. It's good, but as someone who considers himself an aficionado on movie scores, <laughs> it was good. But I don't know. It didn't like blow me away, but it was good. I'll tell you right when I noticed it being good. The scene when he's Again, the scene that I referenced a couple times when he's fitting her for a dress at the end of their first date, it starts playing this kind of like whimsical, like romantic music. And I was like, wait, this is really good. Like, I'm going to have to listen to the that's soundtrack. Woodcock House? That's, that's the house. That's the House of Lockwood, yeah. House of Woodcock. House of uh, Woodcock. Woodcock. I don't know why I have Lockwood. Yeah, it's Woodcock. House of Woodcock, yeah. Yeah, that's the best Lockwood part of it. Right that, but that one is so really good. To me, that's, the, that's the only standout part of it. Like, no, the other I don't remember pretty... this. The other ones, um, there's a couple that I liked. I can't remember them by name because I only committed this one to name to memory. But that one is so good. The other one's kind of air between romantic and kind of eerie, which makes sense for the movie. Um, do you know who made this music? Do you know who Johnny Greenwood is? I feel like you would yeah, know because you know a lot about music. Yeah, I yeah. did not know till I was like looking in. He's yeah. the, I guess the the lead, the lead singer or like lead something from Radiohead. I didn't know. He's that. the lead guitar player. I think Tommy Ork is the lead singer. So I always find it so interesting check. when there are like these like musicians who are known for bands will do something in a movie. And he's he did he's worked with him before. Johnny Greenwood worked with him for There Will Be Blood as well. Um which is a crazy score too. Not it's not like that's not the kind of score like Phantom Thread is the kind of score where I could listen to it while I'm working right. or something, right? Yeah. There will be blood is not that it's kind of more pulse it's good, pounding, it's, isn't it? Right? Yeah, it, it's more like a. I would say it's more like a, like a score from a Christopher Nolan, like Dunkirk. Yeah, which is this year, which was nominated in this year also, right? That kind of vibe. Um, mm-hmm. So, but yes, the, the House of Woodcock is a very good. It's a good theme. It's really, really but like, good. I, you know, I thought it was a good score, but like people online are like, "This is the best score of the decade." I'm like, really? I don't know about that. I I won't <laughs> say that necessarily, but it's 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 an excellent, excellent score. Like I enjoyed listening to the whole album. It wasn't like I I listened to the album for a couple of days, and I was just listening to it, and I'm like, "This is yeah, pleasant, yeah, no, I'm good music." It also, um, yeah, I agree. I agree. What else did I want to say? So okay, so back to that for a second about like like rock stars doing music stuff or like or being very yeah. talented. I always loved this factoid, but in the movie, uh, that thing you do. The guy who wrote the song and the songs for the movie was one of the members of Fountain of Wayne. Stacy's mom song band? Yeah, I mean they have other big hits, but But that's that's their yeah, that's yeah, their yeah. biggest hit, right? Um yeah, that's their their most commercial hit. Let me unless do they do the song Hackensack also? Yes, I think they did the song Hackensack. Which is I don't know. Those, should I know more songs by them? I don't. I think Hackensack, but no, I think Stacy's mom is their most favorite, and then maybe Hackensack. But let me make sure what I'm saying is true. But <laughs> that thing you do. So he wrote this, the music for that movie. I'm pretty sure, which I think is interesting because like it's not anything like the music that they really make, and it's kind of like I don't know. I think that's kind of cool. Howard Shore. Wait, uh, let me make oh, sure. Canadian Howard Shore. 
Let me make sure I didn't just make this up. Fountain of Wayne, yeah. This guy, Adam Schlesinger, was the basis for Fountain of Wayne, Fountains of Wayne and Ivy. Okay. Whatever. Anyway, so I like when these these music. My point being that when these musicians kind of are like so talented that they could just like make other types of music that are not the types of music they make. I think that's very cool. Yeah, you, you know who's big into who's the best example of that is um, is uh, gosh, what's his name from Oingo Boingo. Um, oh, I don't even. I have no clue. Oingo Boingo was a band in the no, 80s, I've heard of, 70s, yeah, I've heard of 70s and Boingo. 80s. Danny so, Elfman. I don't know what. Oh. Danny Elfman. Yeah, Oh, exactly. I, I did not know that. Yeah, Danny Elfman's a bit, the biggest example of that. That's a great right? example. I had no clue. Danny um, Elfman, we didn't mention this last episode, but he did Men in Black's soundtrack as well. Yeah, um, but he's, he's, he's borderline prolific, right? Um, yeah, I, I'm shocked that, I mean, I would say his music of his career output. Is, I would say his movie yeah. career is more famous than his music career. I think more oh, of his... Sure. Like his Batman song is more. It's become famous that way. It's become Boy. that way, though. Yeah, I mean, his best to me is the Goodwill Hunting score, but um, which is like if you know Oingo Boingo at all, so I do like a little bit, but not really. To see to your point, like to see how someone can go from writing that kind of music in Oingo Boingo, which is like eighties new wave, you know, rock kind of stuff, to like a score for Goodwill Hunting is like incredible range right, right. like mm-hmm. and it's a great score but yeah i mean he's done a lot uh prolific output um so let's see what simpsons we that's his theme the simpson he wrote that Danny theme, Elfman? Right? that's his oh that's yeah. cool too wow yeah so we, we we didn't really touch upon our favorite scenes i could just like run through some and you could comment on them um the scene early in the movie when he's driving to the country i thought that was a really cool shot of like from the back of the car do you know what I'm talking yes. about? He's from the yeah, country. I do. It, was like, it was like the yeah. back angle. You don't really see that much, and I thought it was very cool. Um, I thought it was his breakfast order, and the first time he meets Alma, like when he's being super thirsty, like about like uh, the second he meets Alma, he's being super thirsty, and he just orders like yeah, the entire menu. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, "What like, is going on?" For like kind of an awkward, like socially off kind of guy, he's got like a he had like a bit of game. You know? he, yeah, like, his game was just I'm a hungry like, boy, <laughs> like. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, and then his game was his game was uh, when he's on the date, wiping the lipstick off, and then saying, "I want to actually see you." I was like, "What is yeah, this guy yeah. doing? This guy is a creep." Is no game, like, uh, I already talked about the entire scene when he's like fitting her for the dress. That was a, just a very good scene, very funny and kind of weird because the, like the sister shows up and she's just like watching this kind of what was an intimate moment is now like no longer intimate but still kind of intimate there's another cyril moment that was really funny cyril knocks on the door like the bedroom door of um back at the actual house of what of reynolds door and she's like oh like can i come in can i help you with anything and he's like no like i just get cyril and like cyril comes up bringing tea like he just yeah, he had no yeah, yeah. he had no interest in a booty call he's just like i want cyril that's yeah, all i yeah. want the whole Barbara wedding stuff was incredible when Barbara falls unconscious at her own wedding and they yeah, yeah. take the dress from her. Um, the dinner scene when she makes the surprise dinner and he's like, it's just like so uncomfortable and like she's like like holding back tears and he's like, you know that I don't like the asparagus with oil. I like it with yeah. butter. Like, 
I don't need you. That's when she decides to poison him when when he says I don't need you and he's she's kind of like, "Oh yeah, you'll need me real soon." Um then Cyril like Cyril kind of screaming back at Reynolds during breakfast, like the first time you see anyone kind of stand up to him was very funny. Um the scene when he's sick and he's with, like like talking to his like the apparition of his mother, I thought that was really cool. It was uh, kind of freaky actually. It was, Especially- but it was because of her outfit, mostly. Yes. Her outfit made it freaky. And it was very sudden. Um, there was one shot. I have this written down, and I wish I remembered more detail about what I was talking about. But there's a shot. I wrote, this isn't English, so maybe you'll know what I'm talking about. I wrote, shot of the slow into snow transition fade cinema. I don't know what I meant. I think, I, I don't, the there was some, there was some sort of transition where it went from like snow to some something else to snow. Um, I and I don't remember exactly what it was, but apparently I really like that. I, now I'm going to have to rewatch the whole movie to know what I'm talking about. Um, I got to get better at taking notes. I, I, I just, I, I'm not good at it. That's good at it. I sometimes take too many notes and then my notes don't mean anything, but I've, whatever. There's one really, there's a funny line that he says where he's like, no one, it was, I think he's talking to the doctor and he says, no one gives a tinker's effing curse or something. Yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah. If that what was, did he tell him to do to f off? Something like that. He's like, no one gives a tinkering effing curse or something, and he just like screams at him. I, I'm just like, what? But then he says like, you can f off, right? Like, yeah, it's just very funny. Out. He has this monologue later in the movie when he's um he's screaming about chic. He's like, everyone wants something yeah. to be chic like that. That was very that was good. Actually, I thought that was really good. That was very very good. And I I wondered. I might be reading too much into it, but I wonder if it's like. Like an, a director, like iterating on like the passing styles and the ebbs of flows of popularity I a mean, little bit. Like, yeah, I, the, I don't know. Like, it goes for all art. Inherent Vice right? had come out, you know, maybe not the most of his popular movies. I mean, he was nominated for stuff for it, but like, it's, I don't think it won as much admiration as some of his other stuff. Like, I thought, I thought it was, I don't know why. Let me, I thought it really got a lot of good buzz. I like, think it's a little bit more mixed. I doubt it. I doubt it made money. Yeah, it oh, didn't make that. any money. But... Inherent Vice has, um, if you look at again, Rotten Tomatoes, it has a seven. Yeah, you're right. It is. So it's a little bit more is... mixed for him. Yeah, you're right. Um, like people have it, these critics, but you're right. P- critics tend to just they love Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, so and like, listen, like they're, they're willing to accept maybe a movie that makes no sense because like, well, that's the point of the movie, and like, I, I'm let's say I'll use yeah, me as an example. Yeah. I might like be like. It's just not that might be the point. The I don't, point is bad, you know. The like that you don't get you do get points for in my book for like executing your vision, but if the vision isn't good, then like you know, it's like baking a cake and you're like, I want the cake to taste bad, so that doesn't make it so. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you. The scene when Alma walks in when he's talking smack about her to Cyril, he's like, I need her, she's ruining my yeah, life. Like, and I she's forgot like, about that one. So good, and then obviously the final. And he didn't care. Scene. It didn't phase him at all. No, at first I thought it was going to be like an awkward. He turns around. He no, he just doesn't care. He keeps going. That that was the great misdirect. Like that was the great setup for the misdirect. That's for the dinner, specifically, yeah. right? Exactly. No, not even, no, that scene where he where he's in in Cyril's office. Yeah, and he's like, "She's she, you need to help me." Like she's cursed this house or whatever he's saying. She's cast a shadow on this house. Like you're <laughs> like, okay, he just hates her. He hates her guts. Like. He effing hates her, right? You feel like someone's getting murdered here, right? Like, you're yeah. just like... And the, then... the omelet scene is so good. The music that plays when she's like when she's like envisioning their future and like they're pushing the carriage, that was so good. I think it was the House of Woodcock song, but I couldn't remember exactly. 
It um, was. Yeah, it was. I wrote down this question. When I was watching the movie, I wrote it down. But at the end of the movie, it kind of answers the question that neither of them are worse. But when I was watching the movie, I was like, she's worse than him. She's poisoning him. He's just a jerk. She's, like, poisoning him. But at the end of the movie, since, like, it evens out because he likes being poisoned by her. Um, yeah, it's, it's, he's, it's consensual poisoning yeah it's consensual poisoning <laughs> but i stand by my comment that in the, this universe of reynolds woodcock she will kill him eventually by accident yeah she's gonna overdose him with those poisonous shrooms yeah she's gonna be like okay he's, his body's building up an immunity to it like i gotta get something else right like <laughs> we should be writing she, the sequel to the phantom thread exactly um, the, the fan dead. fiction uh, that's what i was the <laughs> phantom dead yeah um <laughs> I liked the setting and aesthetic of this movie. I think it was a good choice, like being like yeah, kind I'm of a sucker for for old British. Yeah, it just worked. It worked. Yeah, like yeah. The kind of the high kind of warm, the high society. Right? It was because it was kind of had this high society vibe, but then <laughs> yeah. kind of this grossness. And he did yeah. something very interesting with the visuals, which bothered me in the beginning of the movie. But then I come to appreciate it over the course of the movie. The movie's kind of dirty and grainy in the way it looks. I don't know if you noticed that. I didn't notice it. It's kind of dirty and grainy. Uh, what were you watching on a laptop? Yeah. Okay, so I wonder if maybe that, I was watching it like a big TV. I turned up the brightness, like because I like I was like I want to see this movie, see what it looks like. It was kind of grainy and weird looking. And at first, I thought it was my my TV. And I I paused the movie and I googled it, and it's like no, like Paul Thomas Anderson made the movie intentionally. He dirtied up the visuals, and he actually gave a really good explanation why. And that's an example of like making a, a aesthetic that actually like serves the yeah. story. Like, he did not want the movie to look like a show like The Crown, which takes place in a similar period at certain right. points of the show, but yeah. looks very crisp. He wanted it to, like, look yes. old and kind of, like... Okay. He didn't want it to look have that crisp look. For whatever his reasons are. And, like, I think that works and fit the movie. Yeah. It, like I didn't notice it, but I'll... I'll and the movie was shot on film, tonight, but, like... Um, but was it, it shot on film? It was shot on film, yeah. Oh, okay. Um... I've, I've, I've a couple times recently false called movies being shot on film because they're getting really good at movies being shot, making movies look like they were shot on film, even yeah. though they're not, which I think is good. You know, it's, um, but it's funny because I was just, um, you're a Spielberg guy, so maybe you'll appreciate this. So, you know, that new, like the third, I guess, the third installment of like the Band of Brothers. Yeah, I'm so excited. So there's Band of Brothers, and there's the Pacific, and there's Masters of the Air is coming out this week, I think, right? Great cast. At the end I'm, of the week. I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped for it. Um, but I was watching the trailer, and I was like, something just looks different. It's too glossy, right? Right. Um, and there's like a couple of teasers that they've released over the last couple of months. I'm like, it looks too glossy. It doesn't look gritty enough. Like, like Band of Brothers, even though it wasn't a documentary, it was almost filmed like it was footage from a documentary, right? And famously, and, um, Spielberg shot yeah. Band of Brothers. He had the cinematographer like scratch up the lenses that give it that signature. Oh, I didn't know that. Like, he, like the lenses have like a little cover on it, and he had them like peel it away to like give that signature kind of like grainy, oh, like that, that like orangish, yeah. So anyway, I was on Reddit. I didn't, that's a good fun fact. You know, I was on Reddit, and people were saying the same thing. Like, I don't know, like these, the the footage from this show, like that that Apple's releasing because it's coming on an Apple, not HBO. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it looks too like it's too high def. It's too digital, right? Like it doesn't have that film quality to it. And I was yeah. Anyway, just a side point. Uh, well, I, I know I've mentioned that to you recently, where I sometimes think movies look too high definition, and it kind of takes me out of the movie. 
where I yeah. appreciate like the grain, like the holdovers was the yeah. holdovers was shot digitally, but looks like they made it look like a seventies movie. And I kind of I think it added to the personality of the film. Um, but that has more to do with yeah, that's a good point. I guess that has to do with the colors they were using, the tones. I think it's all sorts of things. Well, some right? of the color the set you, design. When you do things digital, I mean, you could always color correct. So the way with film, the way they color correct is they expose, uh-huh. they expose the 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 film to different chemicals, and okay. the different amounts of chemicals for different amounts of times will bring out different colors. When you do it digitally, obviously it's it's done digitally. So something let's say like DaVinci Resolve, which is like a pretty common, yeah. like when I edit my videos, like my short films, those are those are on DaVinci Resolve. The last one was on DaVinci Resolve, at least. That has like a very well used color correction suite, and like that you can really just mess around with all the colors and change the exposure. So if you want the orange okay. to look really orange, you could do that. And then there's something called LUTs, L-U-T's, which is like a film thing where like you could just like it's basically like putting a filter on top of it and make the whole movie look like something. So you could create a LUT that makes the whole movie look like it was oh, shot gotcha. on film, right? Okay. So that the holdovers they did various things to make it look like it looked on film, and they made the whites look really bright. And they made the this is look really that. Maestro also. Maestro, I don't know what it was or wasn't shot on, but like at different parts of the movie, the colors look kind of different. Um Okay. Didn't know that. Yeah, little someone actually it was recently like, oh like people want again, when I'm talking to people, I want to know what they want to hear on the podcast. They're like, oh, I want to know more about like how movies are made and stuff. We can maybe try to talk about that. I don't sure. to be honest, I don't know enough. I can recommend people some books Neither that I've been I. reading. I've been reading some interesting books. I read Sidney Lumet's book called um I think it's called on filmmaking or I should know what it's called if I just read it, but Sidney Lumet, um, who's a famous director. Have you ever seen the movie um, before the devil knows you're dead? No. Good movie. It was his last movie. It's like kind of like a, before I don't know if cult the classics, the right word, but it has Ethan Hawke and um, what's the guy's name from the master. I'm forgetting his name. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. And Marissa Tomei. This, oh, I think you told me about this. And I said, oh, yeah, I'm going to check this out. It's called Making Movies, the book. And now I just started a new book by um, William Goldman, who's a famous essayist, film writer, screenwriter, novelist, who um, called, like, Adventures in the Screen Trade. And, like, I just started it this like today, and I found that to be interesting. So I can I can reference more books if people are interested. Sure. In. And I also I, I talk about how I listen to Team Deacon's podcast. Depending on the, the guest it can be very, very interesting. So I, I do recommend for people if they want to hear more about like cinematography and things like that. I know we're coming up on our hard stop. So um, I don't have any nitpicks or random comments for this movie. I kind of mentioned them already. And honestly, I don't really have any specific like good answer. If you like this, then you should check out. Do you have any? You know, I actually didn't. I didn't even. <laughs> me either. I forgot about the let me think quickly for a second. Give me a second. I don't. I mean, th- uh... the cheap answer is you'll probably like there will be blood. I mean, if if I had to guess, but I don't have like a good answer. I would. Th- I think you. Would, although I, this is more. You know, like when people talk about music, they say, "Oh, this this is more accessible, right?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is definitely more accessible than there will be blood. Like I think so. Um, you know, there will be blood. Is there's a lot to sort of unpack. It's not an easy watch i found this to be easy to watch like i wasn't saying you no know, like it was smooth like it was somewhat was it was really... somehow pleasant i don't know like, like yeah, I, said, I was smiling the whole movie it's very i was just intrigued honestly i was into it but anyway in terms of other movie 
like this, yeah, there will be blood. Uh, I can't um, really think of any like good ones. Like I'm look, I honestly I just googled it to see like what Google has to say, like if they're comparing. And I, uh, they're the movies they're bringing up are really I I don't think anything that even works. So I'm not even going to reference like, any of them. I'm curious. Is one of them like Black Swan or something like that? No, no. Okay. And I, like I don't be think, a lazy take. Right? I don't think. Like, I don't even, like, I don't think that's a good comparison. Even it's not. But I feel like that would be like a bad, classic but bad comparison. Like some know. of the ones they're comparing is like Good Time. I don't know if you have ever seen the movie Good Time. It's it's the other Safety Brothers so. movie. That's like uncut gems. Good Time is like uncut gems. It's like a very stressful okay. movie. This movie is not stressful. No, I, I honestly I didn't find uncut. Everybody says that about uncut gems. Like, oh, don't go see it. It's just it's so anxiety inducing. I really didn't. It didn't feel like any different than any other movie because one scene had really loud music. Like, no, it's it's, it's just like a no, to me. It's just like a normal stressful movie. It wasn't like and like uh, not a bad. You know thing, what it actually like? You know what it actually reminded me of? You know, if we were gonna do, which maybe we will, if we were gonna do an episode on Shiva Baby. I would say if you like Shiva Baby, watch Uncut Gems. Yes, and, yes, and yes. Vice versa. No, like, that, that's, that's the kind of thing. And that's a stressful movie, though. Is, uh, Shiva Baby because you're all like, everything's true. going yeah. wrong. By the way, Shiva Baby, great movie. I'm so glad it's you watched it. Yeah, it's good. Um, it's good. Good Times a good movie too. I, I don't know if we would do that as an episode necessarily, but like I think you should watch that either way. Um, but that's what really else say there. Hmm. Um, hold on, let me, let me just pull it back else? up. Adaptation. I, I don't see. I don't see the comparison. I don't see. I don't see what they're going for there. Um, like, I, I it's just a very don't get it. Movie. It's hard to adaptation's more like Magnolia, actually. Like that's more tone tonal wise is more like that because it's more of like a comedy. Uh-huh. I don't know. Anyways, that's really all I have. Well, Magnolia's not really. Magnolia is not really a comedy. Not a it has a lot of comedic aspects. Like it's. Like it, the tone it, of that like, movie, like with some of those characters, is is like comedic. With other than Tom Cruise, um, the kid, like the the like the William H Macy is kind of like a tragic but funny, and like some of the other ones too. There, there's like it's a tragic like humor. Thing, no, isn't what? wasn't he like a famous kid, Bill Macy? Yeah, and he's we got we should do Magnolia. We actually should do it. We soon. we should we should. I, yeah. I think we're coming up on, we're we're coming up on on realizing we we just have to do a Magnolia episode, but n- that's not right. next week. Next week no, will be Emperor's, um, New Groove. Emperor's New Groove. But um, do I have anything else to say? Yes, I'm gonna send out the survey to people again. I will include it in the episode description, so feel free. Um, if you have other ideas, you can always feel free to contact us on social media. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Um. Emperor's New Groove will be up next. Very excited to watch that actually for a lot of reasons. Yeah. I think it should be. I think it'll just be fun. Um, are you going to rewatch I, it again, or are you just you're, you're probably trying to go? okay? Pro- for context, I watched it this week with my kid, but um, for the listeners, um, had you seen the movie before? Was that like a movie? Well, yeah, well, you know what? I, oh, Let's I love like, save it for the pod. Yeah, we'll save it. We'll save, save it for the pod. The pod. But, okay. Yeah, I'll probably re- I'll, I'll probably rewatch it again. Okay, so. Without, if we got nothing more to say, do you have anything else? I got nothing. Okay, so I know you got to go. I got to go. Um, as always, I'm Estrella, joined by Lone. This is off screen on film. Till next time, bye bye.